What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, as always, today we have a packed episode. Today, though, we are going to be talking about potential outcomes for Pitt's quarterback situation in the spring season. Patty versus Slovis, is it a real battle? Could the transfers come out and be very impactful? What could happen here with Pitt's quarterback situation as they try to work off an ACC title season? It's all coming up here on today's episode of Locked On Pitt. You are Locked On Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Pit. And folks, I'm your host, Nick Fairbaugh. And as always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day, folks. Always appreciate that. If you are watching this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all those great things. If you are listening, make sure to leave a review. Give all the feedback you possibly can because I cannot make this show as good as it possibly can without your voice inside this show. And folks, today's episode of Locked on Pit is brought to you by Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And folks, a lot to talk about today as we get into the swing of things here between spring bowl and the end of college basketball season. There's a lot to talk about in terms of the minutia of what could happen, both with Jeff Capel, with this spring season. A lot of it is going to work around kind of what these variables are going to work around. What more importantly, when I mean that is I mean Narduzzi's extension, the buyouts, the transfers, all of this stuff. It's all coming together. But there is still a question out there on this Pitt football team, and it is who is going to be the starting quarterback? And then obviously we are early in the spring this year, so no rush for Pat Narduzzi, Frank Signetti, and those guys to get their quarterback right now. They brought in Keaton Slovis, obviously, for a reason. And so this is where I think the topic gets interesting. Who's going to be the quarterback for Pitt coming out of the spring, heading into the summer? And who's going to start week one, the backyard brawl Thursday night at Heinz Field? Who is going to start that game? Because I think people are, are thinking that Slovis is going to walk in here and run away with the job. And maybe he should do that. But hold your horses. I think this one is a little bit more of a debate than people might want to suspect and, and might want to let on. This quarterback situation is fascinating to me because I've talked about this before. Keaton Slovis is a really high-variance player. And what I mean by that is you're not going to get a guy that's going to come in and all of a sudden flash off to you and you're going to love him right away. This is a guy that might have down games. This is a guy that gets hurt. This is a guy that's going to frustrate a little bit. And this is a guy that has frustrated a lot over his career. The dynamite freshman season we saw from him, of course, there's a difference between what he's dealing with now at Pitt between then, though. He's had arm injuries. He's had an elbow injury, a shoulder injury. He's had a lot of injuries. And so 
this is a guy that needs to try and reclaim his form. And it's not a necessary slam dunk. There were a lot of things that when they brought in Keen Slovis were flags that said, maybe he isn't going to be what this guy was. Maybe he's not going to be that freshman guy. And so I think that Pitt fans also have to be prepared for the fact that maybe this guy doesn't come out here and light the world on fire. And it's a good thing that Pitt has this quarterback situation that I'm bringing this up because Keen Slowis has good arm talent. You just hope it hasn't been too sapped away. You hope he's able to work through his progressions and work through the pro-style offense that Frank Scanetti will run transitioning from the air raid. You hope that transition is going to help him. With all the talent in the world on this offense, you hope he's going to be able to stand in there and really use his receivers, his running backs, his star tight end, a pretty solid offensive line group. You hope that's what happens with Keaton Slovis. But with his pocket presence, his immobility, his propensity to get injured, and his lack of ability to work through progressions consistently, there are four big red flags with Keaton Slovis. And again, there's all the upside in the world that I've talked about. This is a guy that has a good arm. He's been able to throw it to all three levels of the field and showcase the ability to throw it into tight windows down the field as far as 40, 50 yards downfield. He can really let it rip. Slovis is very intriguing. But he's not a mobile guy. And he's not going to be a guy that's going to create like Kenny Pickett did. He's a guy that is going to have to figure things out in this pro-style offense as well. Now, he didn't come here to sit on the bench. This we know. This we know. And we know Pat Narduzzi wanted to add a quarterback really bad, so he went out and got Keaton Slovis. Completely reasonable to think he's going to come in here and start. But I'm not so sure Nick Patty isn't going to go down without a swinging fight. And Nick Patty has been a guy that I think has grown tremendously over his career here at Pitt. I think he's a guy that has a very high floor. And I think this is the argument against Nick Patty is high floor, low ceiling. Meanwhile, when you look at a guy like a Keen Slovis, it's a lower floor, but a much higher ceiling. If you can get freshman Keen Slovis out. Boy, you have a guy that is dynamite. You have maybe the best quarterback pound for pound in the ACC. He's going to compete with anyone, whether it's Tyler Van Dyke, Sam Hartman, whoever you want to put up against him, this guy's going to go toe-to-toe with them. And so it's going to be a question mark in that regard. But Nick Patty is a guy that has the ability to work through his reads with progressions. He might not be terribly fast, but he's athletic enough to make things happen. He knows when to get out of the pocket. He knows when to check it down. He's a smart game manager type quarterback. This is a guy that is really grown into his own. And there's a ton of confidence in that building for him being the backup at the very least. Trust me, if he shows out in spring and proves to be the better quarterback, they're not going to start Keaton Slovis just to start Keaton Slovis. I think Slovis has the front edge right now, and I think he's likely going to be the starter. But let's be real here. Nick Patty also has the talent to do it. And if Keaton Slovis slips up, don't be surprised if Nick Patty comes around. Keaton Slovis definitely is the strongest arm in this room right now. And with no Nate Yarnell practicing due to a Liz Frank injury, there's a little less intrigue. You know, maybe Davis Bevel could step up and, and do some things. We saw what he could do in the Peach Bowl. I thought he was pretty limited in that game. And people will say, 
man, he stepped in in a bad time. But there are certain things you could tell about the guy. And his pocket presence wasn't on tap. He wasn't able to go through multiple reads. He seemed like a statue for the most part. There were a lot of issues with Nate, with Davis Bevel that, that rose red flags. But a very capable third-string quarterback. However, also a guy that is likely graduating at the end of the semester and is thus a prime transfer candidate, in my opinion. This is a guy that could 100% leave the Pitt program and could go to go down to a lower conference and, and start somewhere else. I think it's very possible that we see him leave. And I think it's possible that we see him go. Joey Yellen is essentially an afterthought at this point. He's likely gone. You're going to get at least one, probably two transfers. The bigger question is going to be, will Nick Patty transfer if he loses the job? I'm not sure. He likes the city. He likes the program. He likes Coach Narduzzi. He likes Coach Signetti. He likes all these different environmental things. And he still has a year of eligibility left. Likely, you would think, ideally, if everything works out for Keaton Slovis, he's one and done to the NFL next year, and that's good. And that means Nick Patty then steps in in 2023, at the very least, or you would think he would step in in 2023 and finally get his opportunity as a one-year starter. Is that going to be satisfactory, though, for Nick Patty? And again, I think this is a guy that's going to battle it out. I think he's good enough to do it. He's got the lower floor. I don't think he has the arm necessarily, but he's accurate. He's decisive. He's smart. And he knows when to run. But Keen Slovis has this upside to him that you can't deny. The arm talent's there. But there are red flags. And again, if he gets hurt, and I think it's necessary to have a really quality backup, and they do have that Nick Patty. So if it ever arises that they need someone in the event that Slovis falls off a cliff or Slovis gets hurt, which could happen, it has happened multiple times throughout his career on both fronts, they got their guy. And I think that's something to notice here. Uh, but again, and again, if Slovis ever slips up, they have a quality quarterback there that I think can start. He might have a lower ceiling, but Nick Patty has that high floor. And I think that's something to really note here. Keaton Slovis came here to start, likely will start. But if he doesn't show up, doesn't prove to be the guy they thought he was, they got a guy in Nick Patty who can easily take over that role and roll this train moving forward. All right, folks, now I want to shift over a little bit to men's basketball again, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about potential guys that Pitt is looking at here in the portal. They already have reached out to a few guys in the portal. The portal season is already whirling, and you can see it, and I'll also see what is the model of success. What can they follow to maybe win next year if Jeff Cape was to return, as we think he will right now? We will talk about that, but first let me let you know about Stat Hero, because man, do I love March Madness, and I love those brackets, but I can't remember the time of year I actually went deep or even won money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Hero's NCAA Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Because Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in the games winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take ahead at head 
They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players for you to choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. So folks, all you have to do is sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code for 100% deposit match. Again, that's the promo code locked on and that's stathero.com slash locked on using our promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. March Madness is only a few weeks away. It's only a few days away, in fact, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going with the usual, or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game sites like Survivor or Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at CBS or ESPN. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. podcast we are here talking a little bit more about pit men's basketball and potential guys in the portal right now that we are seeing out there for the panthers and again the portal is going to be a big thing for pit this year they have already started reaching out to guys and here's the thing pit really needs to hit home they really need to hit home on this offseason this is literally just about the last last chance that you have if you are Jeff Cape. This is going to be the last chance, maybe not just at Pitt, but at any Power 6 school ever. This is huge for Jeff Cape. If he somehow gets this last year, which he likely will due to the buyout, due to a number of factors going around this program right now, this is not just big. This is monumental for it. So getting this right, Getting this portal thing right is huge. And so here's the thing with Cable. And here's the thing that they have to look for. They have to look for a power forward to replace Mogi. Notably, his defensive presence. That's number one. If they can find a guy to replace Mogi in the defensive end, maybe things can go better there. They need a point guard to distribute things. They need a guy who can slow it down change pace and tempo, distribute the ball well, who can cut and kick, who can work pick and roll action. They need a guy who can work the screen game. They need a guy who can do all these different types of things, play isolation basketball. They don't have these different modes. And the reason they don't have these different modes is because they do not have a point guard. Badly needing a point guard is one thing that they need, but it might be numero uno. Even though you look at the huge hole Mogi will leave, more importantly, if they don't have a point guard, very little change. They also need a 3 and D wing. 
They need three scholarships open. Right now they have two. Likely, though, you could see transfers coming. There could be transfers coming. Will Jeffers, Dan Oladapo, Chris Payton, Maxim Mudison. Guys that may have already transferred in could transfer out. And so with that, when you look at everything and total it up, it really needs to look in the portal for a 3 and D wing, a power forward, a defensive one at that, and a point guard. And that's at the very least. They could use more. They could use another off-ball guard. They could use two wings. They could use another depth big. There's so much that they could use. None of it really matters, though, if John Hughley isn't back. And that'll be their first order of business. If they can get John Hughley to come back, all things will set inside for that. He is their engine. He is their big piece. If Jeff Capel loses John Hughley, you may as well throw his job away already. And so here's the thing. They reach out to Jalen Gaines who is a Brown transfer, played the four, played the five. And so they've already started. Ganey's six foot nine, 220 pounds. A guy that has been named the all Ivy league defensive team twice. He was defensive player of the year twice. One of the best shop blockers in the country. A guy that's heard from numerous schools like Iowa state, George Washington, Georgia, Ole Miss, Clemson, Oklahoma, Creighton, St. Bonaventure, Temple, multiple teams. But Ganey is interesting in a few ways. For one, he is the shot blocker they need. A two-time defensive player of the year, that's what you're looking at right now. That's the type of guy you need on your team. Ganey could be the defensive replacement for Mogee. Immediate slots into the four or the five. Depending on how you want to do it, he does not have the perimeter jump shot Mogi does. But again, that hybrid post type of player that Mogi was is a very rare type of player in basketball, period. Going to be tough to find Mogi in one player. He's really not replaceable. But also, the Panthers are 100% going to need a guy like Ganey to really strengthen the post game. And Ganey really did well down the stretch. Jalen Ganey is coming off the heels of a fantastic stretch to end the season. And this is where things get really intriguing with him. Because he was a two-time defensive player of the year. Because he did average almost three blocks per game. But this is a guy that finished the season scoring double figures in seven of his last eight games. This is a guy that scored... 20 points and had 18 rebounds against Yale. This is a guy that had six double doubles to end the season. This is a guy that really heated things up. And there are concerns here. He didn't perform as well against top competition. And this is where we come into concerns. But Mogi had a profile like that too. So you tell me, I don't know how they're going to fix it. It's going to be tough to really turn it around. We'll talk about Maybe there is a blueprint out there for them to follow. Just maybe. But it's not a likely one. But getting a guy like Jalen Ganey, if they're going to do it, they're going to need a guy like this. They're going to need a guy that can play with length, that can get up on the boards, a guy that's a great defender, a guy that can bang down low. Adding front court presence, whether it's depth or starter, and I think he would likely be a starter, is something they badly need. And so nothing's going to be perfect. A lot of these transfers might not be great, 
But this is about as good as you can get right now. Ganey looks like he has a really good resume. This is a guy that looks solid. This is a guy right now that checks a lot of the boxes. And so Jalen Ganey is a guy that the very least is going to give you options. When you get the ability to win defensive player of the year two straight seasons and you start and you end off the season as hot as he did, good things come. Shooting 80% from the field over your last eight games is something special right there. He might heat up and we'll see how many suitors he gets, but I cannot say that Ganey would not be a take. He would be. Good start if they can get him, but a guy to watch. Starting of, of like the type of guys they need, they need a power forward. He would fill that void, but they still need a point guard and a 3D wing and probably more. We'll see how they fill those specific voids. All right, folks. I want to now transition over to looking at some blueprints of maybe how this thing can turn around if they can. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued search for all your sport wagering info information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online where the game starts To talk here about hit men's basketball, the portal, and how things work. Now, something to think about in the grand scheme of everything is that Pitt looked to Wake Forest. In fact, that was the team that Jeff Capel named as the model yesterday. Wake Forest and Steve Forbes, and yet they lost to Boston College yesterday. They are out of the ACC tournament, likely to the NIT, and they are praying and hoping they somehow get in with 23 wins. Even that drastic turnaround, which looks successful, might not have been fully successful to get the Demon Deacons fully into the tournament. And so there's a lot to worry about. Pitt doesn't have a lot in this cupboard right now. They might lose a lot of that nucleus, too. The nucleus being Femio DeCali, John Hughley, Jamaris Burton, Ithiel Horton, Nike Sabande. They might lose one or two of those guys. Very likely Femio DeCali could leave. Very likely. You hope John Hughley stays, because he's really the crux to this entire thing. If John Hughley leaves, everything falls apart. But here's the thing. Pitt has... John Hughley right now. He wasn't all ACC honorable mention. And here's the thing. This is a reflection of everything about this school right now. It's not a good talent level. So they have to add guys that raise the floor. And first of all, raising that floor is is important. Because if you can raise the floor, at the very least, maybe you have an opportunity to square up against some of the really good teams. You want a consistent team. And this has been an issue with Jeff Capel teams, is that they haven't been consistent, and they never really have. So if you're a team that 
is yo-yoing back and forth. And you will have some level of variance in college basketball. These are young kids that are going to play a lot of games, so you will have off days. You will have games that aren't perfect. But you need to build a deeper team. You need to build a team that can pick each other up when one guy is off. So when Jamaris Burton's not having a good day, you need a guy that can come in and pick him up. When Ithiel Horton isn't coming off a good day, maybe another guy can drain those threes down. You need guys that complement each other and pick each other up. That's been an issue with Pitt this season. And the talent level for Pitt is an issue this season. Hasn't been for really the overall tenure of Jeff Capel. He's had plenty of talented guys. Adis Tony, Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowans, John Hughley, Champagny, all these guys. Very talented. The issue is they just haven't meshed together at the perfect time. If you had everything working perfectly with how this rebuild worked, we could be talking about Pitt as an NCAA team. And the, reta- the retainment of that talent has been the issue with Jeff Cable. So now working it, they're going to need a lot. They're going to need a lot. And the transfer portal is going to be big. And, but I don't think Wake Forest is the team to look for. Here's what is actually the deep one to look at. Miami. Miami's a team that looks like it could be an NCAA tournament team. They are 22-9, and 14-6 of the ACC. But he's added a few really key guys. Jim Laranega has done a great job of revolutionizing his team. Now, Pitt has some of the pieces that they had. They had a combo guard in Isaiah Wong. Pitt has the combo guard in Jamarius Burton. Pitt has a really good front court guy in John Hughley. There are tools here that Jeff Capel can maybe capitalize on, but bringing in a guy like Charlie Moore would be huge for Jeff Capel and his staff. Bring in a guy that's a point guard like that, that can change everything you do, that can 100% revolutionize the way your offense works, that's your blueprint. Your blueprint's Miami. Add a guy like Jordan Miller. It's your third and fourth leading scorers on the season. Look at a guy like Isaiah Wong, who has taken a step up, or Cam Augusti. You have some talented guys on this team. You can have a Augusti-like player in John Hughley if he takes that leap next year. Different position could have similar impact. You have a combo guard-esque guy in Jamari Spurt. You have a guy with high potential that can play a lot of different spots with Femi Cali. You have a three-point sniper that is off every now and then in Ithiel Horton, and you have a two or three in Nike Sabande who can be explosive and create off-ball. It's not a completely empty cupboard. You need a deeper team, and that's the biggest issue here. But here is something to note. Pitt absolutely can turn this around if they get the right guys. Following something like Miami did, it might be a more extreme example Pitt would be. Pitt's further away than Miami was. But let's also understand, it's not impossible. Not that I do think it is possible. It's not likely. I wouldn't predict that it's going to happen. But there is a blueprint. It's the Miami Hurricanes. Adding a guy like Charlie Moore or a guy like Jordan Miller, a 3-and-D wing right there, and then 
your point guard? Can you just supplement him with the power forward? And can John Hooley take the next step and stay here? That'll be the big thing. And so that is your blueprint. It's absolutely the blueprint. It's the same conference. It's the same type of thing you have to do. Can you find guys like that? Do you have the vision to sell? It's going to be a tough one. But Jeff Capel has a blueprint there. He has someone he can follow, and that's going to be it. You're going to have to overhaul this roster, make it deeper, hit on three or four transfers likely. It's not likely, but if Jeff Capel wants to keep his job past 2022-23, he's going to have to happen. And that's the bottom line. All right, folks, we'll be back here tomorrow talking with Dalton Coppola of the Pit News about spring practices and his observations from the team at large. So we he will join us tomorrow. We'll talk about defense. We'll talk about the receiver group. We'll talk about all of it coming up tomorrow on Locked on Pit. Folks, make sure to tune into that. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hey, top head.